This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of the Yankees Magazine podcast is brought to you by the MLB app. Yankees baseball is always live with the MLB app. Follow the action with game tracking and video highlights, along with up-to-the-moment stats, standings, breaking news, and more. Download the MLB app today. It's your number one app for Yankees baseball. It's a celebration of our sport and, uh, a sport that I've loved my entire life, and uh, I try to give it its proper due in, in that regard, especially on opening day. It's always a special day. You know, you've prepared up to this point. You just want the gates to open and you want it to start. So it's always an exciting day. It's, a, it's an important day, but it's the first of many. There's certainly a buzz amongst our guys and in our group with fans being back, which has been a long time coming. I think everyone's going to have a little bit hard time sleeping tonight with just the excitement that comes with a real opening day. This is the Mecca. I mean, this is, this is Yankee Stadium. You know, one of the things I try to make sure to get across to our guys is what an honor and a privilege and it is to, you know, suit up on opening day in the major leagues. On top of that, for the New York Yankees, it's a big deal. It's something to be proud of. It's something to be celebrated. It's a day that I try and make sure that, you know, I celebrate properly, um, you know, especially with all we've been through in the last year as we hopefully slowly but surely return to a more normal environment. But t- tomorrow's special around this game. Hello, hello, happy opening day, and welcome to the Yankees Magazine podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor of Yankees Magazine. With me right now, we have our editor-in-chief, Al Sanasiri. Hi, everybody. What's going on, Al? And we have our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. Hello, everyone. So, Al and Nate, not only is it opening day, but this is the season premiere of the fifth season of the Yankees Magazine podcast. Pretty amazing uh, to think about when we started this thing that we've made it this long. And, you know, it's exciting. Not only, by the way, is it the season premiere of the fifth season, it's also the hundredth episode of this podcast. This was kind of a whim that a couple of us uh, had a few years back when it was it was an off season and we were trying to think of ways that we could uh, make the next season more interesting. And a hundred episodes later, I'm pretty pleased with how things have gone so far. I am too. It's a tribute to you guys and, and especially all the work you've put into it, John. It's it's become, you know, a really great podcast and and really something that I think our, our readers enjoy, our fans can enjoy. It's something we wanna we wanna do some really cool things with uh, over the next hundred episodes, let's say. But uh, you've done a, a, a great job with it. It's it's been fun and um, looking forward to today for a while. 
look, it's opening day. I mean, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it's opening day. There's nothing that could be more exciting on, on the baseball calendar than this, especially for those of us who are Michigan fans who very recently saw our college basketball season come to an end. You know, it's nice to have something else on the calendar that we can look forward to. And I, I think we've said this a lot. I think we've probably said this at the beginning of every season of the Yankees Magazine podcast, but there's a lot to like this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always an exciting day, um, whether you're at the ballpark or watching from home or I'm just this opening day is different than any others for obvious reasons. And, uh, you know, I, it kind of dawned on me the other day that um, the last time the Yankees had fans at Yankee Stadium, it was game five of the 2019 ALCS against Houston. And uh, James Paxton pitched a nice game that night. And Little did we know that uh, a year and a half later, <laughs> we would be the last ones having uh, sat in the seats there at Yankee Stadium. Uh, but that all changes today, and, and thank goodness for that. Uh, I'm so excited, not just to watch Yankees baseball, but to hear Yankees fans, not, not just piped in crowd noise. You know, a couple of days ago, there was a, a, a presser that Brian Cashman did. And one of the things I asked him was, Look, I mean, this is a time of year, especially when you talk about a lot of who did what during spring training and, you know, who thrived, who kind of maybe underachieved, who's coming north of the team, who's not, whatever. And whatever possible, I try to avoid too many, you know, soft topics and things like this. It just gets a little sappy, whatever. But I'm really certain that there is going to be a crazy emotional heft to today's game. You know, I mean, it, just think about all these different things. First off, it, it's obviously such a marker in the progression of a horrible year. You know, I mean, the fact that we're having fans at Yankee Stadium, it says a lot about what's happened over the last year. But also we have Garrett Cole pitching in front of Yankees fans. We have these guys who last year played to literal fake noise, getting to run out there and get cheered by people. And, and I've said this a lot, and I apologize. I, I hate repeating myself. But athletic achievement is obviously strong people doing incredible things, but it's also exaltation. It's also excitement. You go watch that. Yeah, because it's cool to see Giancarlo Stanton hit a ball in a way that no one else in the world can hit a ball. But you also go see a baseball game because you want to high five a stranger when that happens. And you want to scream really loud in ways that you're not supposed to do in your living room. And that's just been missing. And, and it's been missing not just from baseball. It's been missing from all of society for the last year and a half, in a sense. And, and obviously, look, there are some sports that, by virtue of the schedule, were able to get fans in sooner than others. And the Yankees have been playing in front of fans in Tampa. So it's not a totally new thing. But it's just going to be so special. And, and I think it's going to be really emotional. I think it's going to be this incredible statement of what we've all been through over the last year and a half. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think the... The fans are going to be the star of the show today. And it's something that, you know, I, I wrote about it in my, you know, in my column uh, for the April issue, just about being at George M. Steinbrenner Field and seeing fans there. We talk about it a lot. We're talking about it a lot right now, rightfully so. Uh, for me, the impact of it or the emotional feelings, I, I guess, I had, at, which I tried to articulate in that piece, I didn't realize would be as strong as they were until I actually saw fans and in a lot of ways, it's, you know, you didn't know how, how great something was until it was gone. And, you know, having it back, obviously, it's not going to be a packed house or anything like that. The Yankees are taking so many smart safety precautions to have fans there, but to do it in a safe manner. But just having that, seeing that, you know, for a, a, a little bit in Tampa and, and now 
today it's it's spectacular and uh you know and it's funny that we're we're talking about it because it's something we all obviously took for granted when you know nathan was at that playoff game you know that he was just talking about with james paxton and throwing that great game and i mean you didn't think that was going to go away it went away a lot of you know a lot of um tragedy happened uh obviously related to the to the virus but it does do exactly what you said john it it really signals something new and, and, and old in a lot of ways. And, you know, there's a lot of symbolism here, but there's a lot of, a lot of real, real feelings as well. As a, a, a sports fan my entire life, I just I never really realized until this last year just how important the crowds are. I mean, it was always fun to be part of the crowd, but I, I never had stopped to think about what it would be like, really, if there were no crowds at all allowed in the buildings. And uh, it was, you know, it was kind of terrible, to be honest. I mean, it really... Uh, it sapped a lot of the enjoyment out of watching sports for me. I mean, there were other sports, um, you know, college hoops in particular, where, uh, you know, I always followed it so closely. And without fans, it was just, it was hard to watch for me. Like you said, I mean, the most exciting thing about opening day this year is having the fans back. And uh, we made sure to uh, acknowledge that with our first cover of the year. I'm really happy, you know, as silly as it sounds, that there is that notation on the cover, welcoming back fans. It just obviously look anytime you can put DJ LeMahieu on the cover of a magazine, it's going to look good. But anyone who picks up this magazine years on the road, and obviously when we're creating these things, we are creating them for posterity in some sense. We're creating them to last. That's why we print these things and don't just throw them online. But you know, I think there's something very special about fans who are going to see this magazine years from now, and it's going to say "Welcome back, fans," and it's gonna it's gonna not it's gonna knot their heart a little bit. Uh, it, it's gonna pick at it just to remember kind of what wasn't there. And, you know, this is kind of a good segue for what I'd like to talk about here, because one of the more interesting parts for me last season was you would talk to the players a lot. You would talk to to Aaron Boone a lot. And one point they made is that, look, when you're in the game, you obviously feed off the fans in some regard, but you also don't totally notice in the moment. But Aaron Boone said that when he really noticed how weird last year was, was that game that he was suspended and had to watch from... I believe the owner's box and it was a game against the Red Sox and he's sitting there watching from above and it's for the first time there are no decisions he can make. There's no, he doesn't need to stay into every pitch and everything like that. And he's able to look around and realize that in the Yankees Red Sox game, the place is just empty. And I thought that was just such a poignant statement on how weird last year was. But Aaron Boone has a lot of poignant statements in in what I thought was just a truly, truly wonderful Q&A that you did with him for the April magazine it was about baseball. It was about life. It was about parenthood. And the other thing that was really interesting was, and I think this is sometimes a slightly underrated thing with managers, it was about craft. You really talked about the craft of managing and what it, what, what it takes. And I, and I thought it was just a wonderful, wonderful interview you did. And look, you know, we're, we're starting our fifth season of the Yankees Magazine podcast. He's starting his fourth season as the Yankees manager. I, I only wish that we could be as successful as he's been in his first few years. Nate, we, we've all obviously had plenty of time speaking with Boone. We've all obviously gotten to know him a little bit over the years. But you and I haven't really spoken about this. Did you take that conversation to be as special as I did, I guess? Yeah, I, I definitely did. And um, that's all of the credit in the world to Aaron Boone. I mean, we know that he's a, a very thoughtful guy, um, you know, very well-spoken. And obviously, he just has a wealth of of baseball knowledge. I mean, I think it's just one of the coolest things to be part of a three generation baseball family. And 
all of them all-stars. It's just really incredible. So, um, yeah, I was able to catch up uh, with Aaron. It was barely a week after he had his heart procedure where he had the pacemaker put in. And, um, you know, I think it, it was probably somewhat uh, enjoyable for him, too, to just, you know, spring training is so much about, uh, you know, the day-to-day and, and who's, you know, who's feeling well and all the minutia that, that comes along with that. You know, I think sometimes for, for a guy like Aaron Boone, it's nice to have a conversation where you, you step back and you kind of look at the bigger picture. And uh, so that's really what I tried to do, um, you know, just kind of touch on a, a bunch of different topics that, uh, you know, I was interested personally to hear his, his responses to. And uh, I, I think our readers will hopefully uh, enjoy it as well. I agree. I, I think it was um, a great perspective that you took or a great angle that you took in not worrying about, uh, you know, the health of Luke Voigt or, <laughs> you know, like you said, the, you know, the things that both Yankees fans, the Yankees organization and, you know, the manager are so absorbed in, you know, as they get into, into spring training, uh, through spring training and towards opening day, but rather focusing on you know, things that really matter in life, you know, what's it like to be a family man to have, you know, obviously some health issues. I think that the timeliness of the interview, obviously doing it after this was, uh, was not by design, but it made it for, for something really compelling because it's something that everybody feels and and understands and and being a a parent and and all those different aspects. I, I can't imagine there could possibly have been an interview that's more compelling with the manager of the New York Yankees than the one you did. It it was, it was incredible. I I specifically didn't ask about any specific players, you know, it was more like, uh, like John alluded to about just the craft of managing, you know, I wanted to know just how he approaches certain, uh, you know, situations that are going to come up for any manager uh, in any year and just his sort of overall, philosophy about how he approaches those situations. I think that it's a, it's really interesting when you talk about that philosophy because I think a lot of Aaron Boone's philosophy is about human contact in a sense and he he says that a lot. And you know, I mean there there's the old saying fat pope thin pope in the sense that you take one person and you replace him with the opposite of him and then you replace him with the opposite of him. And look, you had Joe Torre who was obviously he didn't look cuddly, but he kind of was cuddly in some senses. And, and you know, he, he, he was just a guy who all the players revered. I've always kind of thought, and I've said before, that Joe Girardi had a reputation as being kind of not really a player's guy. But I always found him to be just a wonderful, wonderful person who had an incredibly good heart, who got a, kind of a bad rap because of, I don't know if it was the way he talked or the way he looked or whatever. But you really, truly do see in Aaron Boone just affection from everywhere. And if someone's sick, someone gets hurt, whatever, obviously everyone's going to bring out their best. But you, you saw these genuine statements of support and kindness from the Red Sox, from the Mets, from all these people. Everyone in baseball, he, he described it as a routine surgery. He described it as the best situation possible because he got it done with. But it's heart surgery. It's not something you want. And just the way that the entire world and his players and everyone, you know, you, you got this sense of just this beloved person. And a lot of that you get the sense that that comes from the way he shares his love. And we'll talk about this more in a few weeks, but I have a story also in the April issue on Giancarlo Stanton. And one of the topics of the story is about the way that Giancarlo really found his voice last year amid all the social justice protests and things like that. And a guy who's typically been kind of quiet and typically, you know, not, not, not the person who's really putting himself out there that much 
really tried to do it. And not only was there a level of support that I personally saw, and I know that a lot of players felt from Aaron Boone as was going on, but there were a couple times during the season when just he was so overwhelmed by emotion because um, you could see how pained he was by seeing the pain around him. And like I, I mean, I can keep repeating myself here. The fact is, I just think Aaron Boone's a really special guy. And I did not understand exactly what was happening when the Yankees hired him a few years ago. It seemed like an odd choice for a team where the Yankees were to go with such an inexperienced manager. But my God, I mean, it, it's pretty clear what Brian Cashman and his whole team saw in that interview, just in terms of the way that everyone around him feels about Aaron Boone. Well, I'm, I'm glad you weren't the guy making the decision to make the, the managerial hire, John. You're right. <laughs> I don't disagree. I'm glad I'm not the guy making any decisions. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, he, they did a great job. With, you know, what impressed me, you know, with the whole recent situation that he went through was you think about going through something that's traumatic or, you know, a health crisis. And, you know, so often it's very easy and natural and, and okay to, to think about yourself, to think about your family and, and kind of that's it. But, you know, one of the things that impressed me so much was him reaching out to the whole team uh, to tell them that he was going to be okay and that, to assure them he was going to be okay. And Nate, I'm, I'm curious from your perspective of having just done this piece, what your thoughts were on, on that act, you know, really, I would say just tremendous act of selflessness, you know, reaching out to his players to kind of assure them, you know, that, that things were okay. Uh, in a time when he really could very easily just have been thinking of himself and, and only himself. But I'm, I'm curious as to your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, you're right. But he, he could have been that way, but that's clearly, that's not who he is. You know, he's always uh, very aware of, of others around him and, uh, the thing that kind of stuck out to me and to a lot of people from that, you know, the press release uh, announcing that he was getting the heart procedure done was that uh, he also encouraged everyone uh, who might be dealing with heart issues to stay on top of it and, and, you know, check in regularly with their doctor and reminding people that, you know, the best thing you can do for your family is to, you know, stay on top of this stuff. So, you know, he, he's just a, a, a guy who uh, is always thinking of those around him. And, uh, you know, I think it, a lot of that stems from, uh, the way he was brought up, like, sure. He, he comes from a baseball family and he talked about how much they love, you know, sitting around the dinner table, talking baseball and comparing the different eras and stuff. But it was also evident that, you know, his dad and his grandfather were both very much a big part of his life. It wasn't like, you know, sometimes you hear stories about guys whose fathers played in the big leagues and they would disappear for six or eight months. And then, you know, they would see him over the offseason. Like that was not the case at all in the Boone household. In, in publishing, sometimes we uh, one of the things I like about this story is, uh, you know, sometimes things can go against us where we <laughs> have a big picture of somebody in the magazine. And then uh, by the time it hits newsstands, that guy's hurt and he's not going to be there that month. Um, in this particular piece with Aaron Boone, I had found a, a photo in our Yankees archives years ago of Ray Boone playing in a game at Yankee Stadium for the Cleveland Indians in 1952. And the reason it was in our archive is because Bobby Brown was sliding into second and Ray Boone was leaping over him and throwing the ball to first. And it's a really 
cool black and white action photo from 1952, which, you know, back then action photography was not what it is today. And uh, immediately when I saw it, I was like, oh God, this is such a great photo. I scanned it. I sent it to uh, Ari, our photographer. And I said, you should share this with Aaron Boone. This is such a great photo of his grandfather. And, uh, you know, just kind of held on to that photo in our archives, uh, our digital archives ever since then. And uh, finally, this, this time around had a, a chance to run that photo in the magazine because we talked about his grandfather. And, um, you know, the timing worked out where, you know, we're to, it's a fitting time to run a picture of Bobby Brown, too, who uh, just passed away at the age of 94. And uh, I'm sure we'll be, you know, doing more on in Yankees magazine because he was such a, a special guy and a special part of the Yankees family. But I'm glad that uh, we got that photo and both those guys in there in the April magazine. Well, so it's a wonderful Q&A. It's called Pure in Heart. It is in the April issue, which, look, among all the other great things going on right now, we have an April issue this year. We did not have an April issue last year. And, of course, you know, after the scare during spring training, uh, we have Aaron Boone uh, in the dugout with the team. And, and, and that's a pretty good thing right now. So, Nate, wonderful job on that. I really – I can't say enough. Again, I mean, you'll read plenty of – baseball Q&As in your life. There's something special about this one. It's very heartfelt. It's very honest. And it, it is about baseball, but it's about a lot more than baseball. And I hope people will check it out when they get their April issues, whether in their mailboxes or at Yankee Stadium, because you can go to Yankee Stadium this year. Stick with us for a few minutes. Like I said, we're going to do a little tradition that we have here as we get ready for the first pitch of the Yankee season. Let's make some predictions that we can then laugh at ourselves about in a couple months when the season's over. So we'll be back in a minute. Stick with us. Hi, this is Aaron Judge. You're listening to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. This episode is also brought to you by MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand with MLB.tv. Your subscription also includes the MLB app Premium, allowing you to stream live baseball with your favorite supported devices. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Welcome back to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. It is that time of year when we try to make ourselves look either smart or very, very stupid. You'll have to stay tuned for a few months to see how we do here. But guys, let's get right into it. It is opening day. It is time to make our predictions on what we can expect from the 2021 Yankees. So some of these are going to be pretty basic. Some of these are going to be pretty weird. I have not shared any of these questions yet with uh, my friends on this podcast. So, you know, I think... Perhaps I'm at a bit of an advantage. Perhaps not. We'll see. Let us get started. We are going to rotate uh, who goes first and everything. So, Nate, you could take this one first. Most home runs on the Yankees. Oof. Boy, there's there's a lot of guys to choose from. But I guess uh, I feel like this is Giancarlo's year. I, I think Giancarlo stands uh, poised for, for a bounce back year. He looked so good last postseason. Looked good in spring. Uh, so I'm um, keep my fingers crossed that, uh, he's going to stay healthy this year. And if he does, I think he's got a, as good a chance as anybody is, uh, for leading the team in home runs. Mr. Sanisiri. Um, I think I've picked Aaron judge every year. So why change now? I, I have a really good feeling he's going to have a, a really big year and I guess I've been wrong before, but this time I'm going to be right. I am going to join Nate on Stanton as, as everyone knows, if he stays in the field. 
he will make contact with the ball, and if he makes contact with the ball, it will go toward Tokyo. So I, I, I think that Giancarlo Stanton will hit the most home runs in the Yankees this year. So we are off and running. Let's stay on a similar topic, though. And Al, you're going to start us off with this one. Who will receive the most MVP votes on this roster? Garrett Cole. I like it. I have to be honest here. I was actually going to say Cole because I thought everyone else was going to say LeMahieu. But if you're if, if, if you're going to start me off on Cole, I'm going to go LeMahieu. I, I got to agree with you, John, especially since we uh, <laughs> we we called DJ LeMahieu an MVP candidate right there on our <laughs> April cover. So, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, he's, you know, been in the top five of the AL MVP voting each of the two years that he's been here with the Yankees. Uh, and there's no reason to think that he can't do even better than that this year. So LeMahieu seems like a, a perfectly fine choice there. Now it's weird though, because you know, it's, it's the order here, because if you would have said LeMahieu, I would have said Cole. So mm-hmm. what can you do? Nate, you and I uh, are fixing to tie here one way or the other. <laughs> I think we're, <laughs> we're leaving some openings for Al. It looks like maybe we can yeah, have I'm a... either. Yeah, I'm not going to finish second. I'm either going to finish first or third. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can get some, uh, some difference of opinion here. Although I kind of doubt it. Because our next question is, most innings pitched for the Yankees. I am going to start this one off. I could try to be clever, which I initially thought of doing and saying Jordan Montgomery, because I do think there's a good chance that's the answer. But because I get to go first this time, I'm going to say Garrett Cole. Yeah, I mean, pretty hard to go in any other direction, given that, I mean, he's going to start game one uh, opening day and they're going to keep him on regular rests. No reason to think he can't make every one of his starts. So, uh you know, unless something crazy happens, I think Cole is Cole's the guy. I have five words. It better be Garrett Cole, <laughs> <laughs> or we got, or or this is going to not be uh, as optimistic of a podcast in September. Let's just say that. <laughs> well put, well put. Okay, so you know, not a lot of separation here. I will say, Al, you're putting yourself in a position where you could either win by a lot here or lose dramatically <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to Nate and me tying. You never really announced what the wager is. So I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have much to risk here. So I'm just kind of going out and trying to swing for the fences and win this thing. Utter humiliation. That's what we, that's what we play for. <laughs> Winner gets a burrito in the Bronx when we get back. There. Okay. That's so, fine. That's someday. Fine. Someday. Yeah. More <laughs> games played in 2021. Giancarlo Stanton or Aaron Judge? More games played. Boy. It's, it's so hard with these guys. I mean, everybody knows, you know, that these guys, you know, they both had some, some trouble staying on the field the last couple of years. So it's really kind of coin toss. You know, I guess since I picked Giancarlo as my, my home run champ this year, I'll, I'll go with him. You know, he's probably going to be DHing quite a bit. So uh, I would think that that lends itself toward playing in a lot of games. Um, Al, what do you say? You know, I'll go with Judge just to stay in line with, like I said, with uh, what I predicted for the home runs. I hope Nathan and I are both right in the sense that, you know, they both play the same number of games and and that that number is very, very high and in triple digit. Uh, That's what I'm hoping for. But I'll go with Aaron Judge. I feel like I should just say, like, tie. Um, I'm going to go with Judge here. And like I said, I I actually still think that Stanton is going to take the home run lead, which means that I think they're actually both going to play generally pretty close to full seasons. But I think Judge gets a slight edge here. Moving along, Al, you're going to take the lead on this one. More starts, Corey Kluber or Jamison Tyone? I'll go with Corey Kluber. You sound confident. 
No, I, I flipped a coin. <laughs> I'm going to go with Jameson Tayo, and I've been pretty impressed watching him in spring training. I think that, obviously, I'm not a doctor. I did not stay at Holiday Express last night. I do think, however, <laughs> I, I feel like in a weird way, there's a little bit more mystery with some of what... Uh, Kluber has been dealing with, in a sense, whereas Tyone, not to say Tommy John recovery, certainly not a second Tommy John recovery is basic or easy. I just feel like it's a pretty standard rehab that is more or less perfected at this point. Obviously, they're skipping him the first time through the rotation. It is going to be interesting to see what kind of innings limitation everyone is on this year. But with that said, I'm saying Tyone. I'm going to agree with you, John. I think, um, you know, I'm certainly hopeful that both guys, you know, can, can stay uh, healthy all season long. But, you know, Kluber being such a established veteran pitcher uh, probably knows his body, you know, really well. And is, I just think might be a, a little more comfortable going to the management and saying, look, I need to, you know, shut it down for a little while here. Something's not right. Or if, you know, any little thing comes up, whereas Tyone, I think is just so excited and he's so itching to get back out there. Hopefully he feels fine and he's looked great so far. Um, and I just think he's going to be so uh, intense on, on making every one of his starts that, you know, hopefully we get a full season out of him. I know he's probably the, uh, the player I'm most excited to watch, uh, you know, among the new guys, there's not a ton of new guys this year, but, uh, I'm really, really intrigued by Jameson Tyone and uh, can't wait to see him out there in pinstripes. We really better hope that there is a, a big difference in the number of games played by Stanton or Judge so far, because otherwise <laughs> we're going to we're going to be sharing that burrito um, <laughs> over <laughs> under home runs for Clint Frazier. I'm setting it at 20.5. This one, I start off. I'm going to go over and I'm basically feeling like the answer is 21. Sometimes it's pretty fortunate to be able to set the over under yourself. Um, but I'm saying over. It's an intriguing number. I'm a big believer in Clint Frazier. I think he's a hell of a hitter. You know, 20 home runs, that's, I'll say over as well. You know, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to hit 30 or 40, but I think he could do that someday. But I think, yeah, you know, I think this, this year, this could be the year he hit, he goes over 20. Sure. I agree with both of you guys. I think there's been a steady progression. Obviously, he's had some bumps in the road with injuries and, and things like that. But that aside, and, and obviously you can't account for that, but that aside, he's been consistently getting better and making real strides. I see no reason in the world, barring injury, why that can't happen. So I'm definitely going over. Um, there's been a little bit of wonkiness, you might say, with the, the Major League Baseball baseball over the last few years, but there have been some changes here. I'm going to ask you to look back to the 2019 Yankees and give me a change in home runs this year, positive or negative. They set a record in 2018, and then they surpassed that number in 2019, but the Twins hit one more. So what it boils down to is they hit a ton of home runs in 2019. Glaber, I think, was the leader, right, at 38. Yep. I don't think we're going to see 300 home runs. Although, <laughs> I don't know. There's some boppers on this team. I guess with Luke Voigt starting the year on the IL, that, that chips away at it a little bit. So I'm going to say if, if they hit 306 in 2019, I'm going to say they end up with 10 fewer home runs in 2021. Oh, boy. I mean, that, that's a lot of home runs <laughs> that they hit in 2019. 
I mean, you know, and they dealt with some injuries that year as well and, and still were able to do it. But for the purposes of being different and kind of going out on a limb here, I'm going to go plus three. Plus three. 309. So we have minus 10 and we have plus three. So you know what? I'm going to say no change. It's like the price is right. Exactly. <laughs> If that happens, you better buy a lottery ticket if they hit the exact same number. <laughs> Fair enough. Will do. Next question. Back to our friend Garrett Cole. We're all very excited to watch pitch in front of Yankees fans. I'm setting an over under at 275 strikeouts. You know, I am such an optimist uh, to a fault that I hate to ever go under on any type of accomplishment, but I, I'm going to have to go under on this one. That's just... That's a lot. <laughs> Under it is. I am saying over. If he pitches the amount that the Yankees need him to pitch and want him to pitch, then there's no reason to think he can't hit that. Well, since I'm almost always wrong with these predictions, I'm going to say under and hope that Garrett Cole makes me look foolish. Love it. Moving along, we are we probably should pick up the pace a little bit here. More games caught caught being the specific word here gary sanchez or kyle higashioka i'm going first and i'm saying gary sanchez i i respect kyle higashioka i think that he looked good last year i also think that gary sanchez is a lot better than he looked last year and i think the team is going to need gary sanchez to be their starting catcher this year and i think he's going to do well so i'm saying sanchez uh yeah i mean no reason to think that uh gary's going to lose his, his starting job you know, I know last year was a tough year for him, but I, I fully expect a bounce back year from him. And uh, he could actually be one of those guys who has a monster year. I mean, you heard Aaron Judge during spring training saying, you know, he's the type of guy who could, could be an AL MVP. I agree with Nathan 100% here. I mean, John, I so enjoyed the piece you did on one of the more recent uh, podcast episodes with Meredith where you talked about Gary Sanchez and I really enjoyed that that interview that you did with her and talking about the type of work ethic he has and how that's sometimes kind of lost in, you know, the performance issues that have that have happened, particularly in 2020. I am a person who really doesn't care what happened in terms of, you know, people not performing on the field in 2020, because I just think it was such a such a difficult situation. I'm, I'm happy to forgive it like like so many others are. And obviously there's some that are not, but I am. I think he's a great player. I've been enamored with with his work ethic, his ability. Um, he's one of my favorite players and, and favorite people to cover. So I am a little biased, but I, I'm definitely going with him. And um, and I think he's going to have a bounce back year. And 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 I also think it's not just going to be a one off year. I think it's going to be the start of of a of a great run um, of, of years of seasons. So uh, and I and I will say though. To Higgy, who's a great catcher and a great player, and I think is going to make major contributions uh, to this team. As we've been saying on a few of these answers, it's not just that we should hope we're right. I think the Yankees should hope we're right. I think the fact of the matter is obviously the Yankees need Gary Sanchez to be their starting catcher this year. So I, I hope that we are correct. Let's move to a little fun thing about the AL East. Yankees versus Red Sox. I'm setting the over-under at 13 Yankees wins. Nate, what do you say? Over. Al, what do you got? I don't want to get in the hot water with the, you know, with my boss, so I better say over. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I would definitely say over. I, I, you know, we have a, a great 
team here in the Bronx. And I, I think the expectation is um, like so many teams vying for a championship. Every time this team takes the field, there's, they have an opportunity to win. So I'll go over. That's a, it's an ambitious number, but I'll go over. I, yeah, I, I think that if I said 12, I'd probably go over. I'm actually going to go under. Um, if I said 12 and a half, that probably is what I should have said. I, I, I would go, like I said, under. So I'm saying under here. The Yanks had their number last year, though. And, that, you know, I, I don't know that the, the Red Sox are going to be dramatically better this year. So I'm, I'm thinking that, uh, you know, 14 is certainly doable. Let's move to the Blue Jays then. Uh, and I'm, I'm setting it here at nine and a half. Al, you could start us off this time. That's a little bit more of a manageable number. So I'll go over. We can do that. I'm actually going to go under here. And again, if I set it at eight and a half, I would go over. I think it's going to be nine. So I'm saying under. Yeah, uh, I think Toronto is going to be tough, man. I, I think they're going to be much improved this year. But I think we can go 10 and nine against them. So. Yeah, I'll take the over. Let's do Rays. I'm saying it nine and a half as well, and I'm going over here. I'll also go over. You know, the fact that we don't have to uh, face Blake Snell anymore. And, uh, they're, they're also still going to be good. I think uh, Rosarena probably just hit another home run wherever he is right now. Um, they're they're going to be <laughs> tough, too, just, just like Toronto. I think they're going to give us a good, a good run, and, you know, it's going to make for a, an interesting season. But um, once again, I think... You know, we could go 10 and 9 against Tampa this year. I'm comfortable with that. You didn't overwhelm me with that over under number, John. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll go over. Here's an interesting one. And a, a lot of this is uh, game theory, I guess, if you want to call it that. More RBI. Glaber Torres or Giancarlo Stanton? I guess, uh, you know, I think. Boy, Torres is probably going to be hitting like sixth a lot of times. A lot of guys getting on base ahead of him. That's a hard one. I, I'll go Glaber just because I have, you know, I've, I've hitched my wagon to Stanton on so many of these other questions here. So I got to kind of protect myself a little bit. So give me Glaber in this one. You guys are going to start thinking that I, you know, I don't like Giancarlo Stanton, but I do very much so. I'm going to go with Glaber. I, I think the things he did in his first two years, which I, I wrote about, I guess last year in spring training and did a lot of work on that. And um, maybe it's, there's a, there's a bias there from, from that story, but um, I, I'm going to go with him. I almost feel like this is the weird Yankees lineup where the lower you are in the order, the more like who, who in front of Gleyber Torres isn't going to be getting on base for him. You know, you, you have, you know, the, the worst case scenario essentially is that Giancarlo Stanton hits too many home runs in front of him and therefore takes the runners off base. A little bit more basic here. I, I'm setting 94 and a half for Yankees wins. Oh, way over. Way over. Mm-hmm. Al, sounds like you agree. Yeah. Yeah. Triple digits. Triple digits. Like it. Yeah. A hundred. A hundred. I, I I didn't think you meant two hundred. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm saying one hundred as opposed to like I'm not I'm not I'm not predicting you know one hundred and fourteen or something like that. I'm saying a hundred. Fair enough. Okay, I, I, I too I'm going <laughs> to say over. Also, I think I said that too low. Last one, and this is going to be a weird one to watch all year because obviously every single Yankees pitcher is on some sort of weird innings limit that we're going to need to be watching all year, especially the young ones, especially the guys coming off injury, you know, 
no one pitched any innings last year, essentially. And, and you have a lot of guys who pitched literally zero who are currently on the Yankees roster. So over under starting pitchers in Yankees games this year. And obviously this does include things like openers. I'm saying the number at 10 and a half. I'm going to go first and I'm saying over. I think that this is just going to be such a weird year. You're going to see a ton of bizarre spot starts from guys who are up for a day and gone, pitched two innings. But I mean, the fact of the matter is whatever, you know, Jameson Tyone, I have no idea what his innings limit is. Corey Kluber, no idea. Davey Garcia, no idea. Domingo Herman, no idea. Jordan Montgomery, no idea. The only thing we're pretty sure about is that Garrett Cole says he can pitch 200. And if he stays healthy and does that, great. But if he doesn't, then, you know, you don't just have to replace those innings. You have to figure out how to spread those innings around, in a sense. So not only am I saying over, but I came close to setting this at 13 and a half. And I think I might have said over then, but it sounded too ridiculous to me. But I am saying over. Um, I, I, 10 and a half does seem high. Um, but I'm with you. I I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, necessity for just being creative and, you know, Chad Green opened some games and, you know, maybe, you know, the the Weizigas and Kings and those guys, uh, could all see spot starts. Um, so you got Severino coming back mid year too. So I, I think we'll get to that. 10 number pretty, pretty quickly. And then, uh, you know, you'll see a couple other just random kind of things there. So I'll, I'll say over as well, over 10 and a half. I'll, I'll go with that. I think that's fair. I think that's, um, an accurate number and, and attainable. Great. So that's, that's that. This has been, this has been a fun, fun thing to put together. We'll see how we did at the end of the season, but guys, it, just, it I, I, I know I say this a lot, and I know I've said it a lot in the last year, especially, but every time we get to talk baseball right now, it feels really special. The fact that we get to watch with real fans and eventually, I don't know, you know, when Nate, you'll be there, when I'll be there, when you'll be there, Al, but just the idea of being back in Yankee Stadium with fans, it's going to be incredibly special. I had a lot of fun doing this today. I've had a lot of fun doing 100 episodes with you guys, and I can't wait for the next 100. And guys, happy opening day. Happy opening day. Yeah, right back at you guys. It's been uh, it's been a, uh, a busy winter. It's going to be a special day, and it's great. Thank you all so much. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of the Yankees Magazine Podcast. We are so excited to be starting our fifth season of this show, and we can't wait to show you all that we have planned in the coming year. If you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? We're available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at yankees.com slash podcast. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. You can even send us your thoughts over email podcast at yankees.com and for our yankees magazine subscribers you should be receiving your april magazines very soon but we have so much more to offer you subscribe now and get special package offers with incredible deals sometimes you can even score free tickets with a subscription to the magazine plus offers on yearbooks and single issues call 800 go yanks for details or visit yankees.com slash publications plus if you'd like to see our content online get a taste of it at yankees.com slash magazine There you'll find our latest features, including the Aaron Boone Q&A that we discussed today. And of course, follow us on Twitter, at Yanks Magazine, to stay up to date with all that we have coming your way this year. That's it. See you next time. Happy opening day, and go Yanks. Hi, this is Aaron Hicks. For more stories like this one, subscribe by visiting yankees.com slash publications or by calling 800-GO-YANKS.
The MLB Ballpark app will complete your next visit to Yankee Stadium. Buy and manage game tickets, redeem special check-in offers, access exclusive content, and much more. Download the MLB Ballpark app today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 